0: Welcome to day 285 of Shaped by the Word. Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Matthew Kresge. And we continue to explore the book of Hebrews. And, of course, the book of Hebrews is a wonderful retelling of the Old Testament story as it finds its ultimate fulfillment in Christ. And so the message of Hebrews is Christ is is better or Jesus is better. Uh, It begins by telling us in the past. Uh, god has spoken to our ancestors in many times in many ways through the prophets but in the later days he has spoken to us through his son who is the exact radiance of who god is the exact representation of his being one through whom god created the world and the one who holds everything together by the the very power of his word and who has been given a name that is greater than the name of angels he's not only greater than the angels which were the mediators you know, of the Old Covenant. He's greater than Moses, who was the one who brought the people into or led the people into uh, the Old Covenant. Uh, He's greater than the rest that was offered through Joshua in the Promised Land. And he is greater than the Old Testament priesthood. And that priesthood comes into particular focus, uh, you know, in chapter 7. There's kind of an enigmatic lead up to chapter 7, you know, in in, uh, chapter 6, in verse 19, he said, we have this Hope uh, as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And if you're not very familiar with the Old Testament character of Melchizedek, who appears for three verses and then vanishes, you know, vanishes forever into history, that you will learn a lot about him uh, today as we continue in as he is a picture of Jesus who is both our priest and our king. So before we uh, read chapter seven and learn a little bit more about Melchizedek and how he gives us a portrait of Christ, uh, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Uh, Matt, do you mind lifting us up? Yeah, let's
1: pray. Father, we thank you for the the opportunity again to to draw near to you together through your word. Thank you for the gift of your word. You have spoken to us. You've revealed your heart and your character to us. And and God, as we draw near to you, would you draw near to us? Would you use your word to accomplish your purposes in us, uh, to transform us, to to stir our hearts um, in worship for you? Uh, God, be with us at this time. Give us wisdom as we read. Would you glorify yourself through us? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now, the law requires the descendants of Levi, who become priests to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their fellow Israelites, even though they were also descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without a doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living, one might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the prophet established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For, whom, for when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also." He of whom these things were said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar, for it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear. If another priest like Melchizedek appears, one has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis and the power of an indestructible life, for it is declared, "You are a priest forever." in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. Others became high priests without any oath, but he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever." Because of this oath, of this oath Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. And there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office, but because Jesus lives forever, he was a permanent priest he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure set apart from sinners exalted above the heavens unlike the other high priest he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people he sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself for the law appoints as high priests men and all their weakness but the oath which came after the law appointed the son who has been made perfect forever So we get a nice little uh, story of uh, Melchizedek here. Uh, We first meet him, of course, in in Genesis when he uh, comes and offers bread and wine to Abraham and uh, blesses Abraham, and Abraham gives to him you know, a tenth of everything that he has gained in plunder from the war. And, of course, the, mix of, the writer of Hebrews makes this nice little point. In the Old Testament, is always the greater who offers the blessing to the lesser, and it's also the lesser who offers the tithe unit you know, to the greater in this situation. And so you have Abraham recognizing in Melchizedek uh, a priesthood that comes from God, And then you have a reference, you know, in in, uh, Psalm 22 to David, where, odd little reference, uh, where, you know, God says of David, you will become a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. And, and of course, priest and king were completely separate in the Old Testament. That's what the point he's making. One would come from the tribe of Judah, and the other would come mm-hmm. from the tribe of Levi. But somehow the promise to David is through the Davidic covenant and through his ancestor, the two would come together. Uh, there would be one who is not only king, but also high priest. And we find that in the person of Jesus.
1: What an interesting character, You know, especially when you think about the the old testament you think about even you know god establishing the priesthood and you know the the kings i mean one of the things that saul gets in trouble for is he is a king who offers a, an unauthorized sacrifice you know he acts in place of the priest and it ends up losing you know, the kingship over it and you just see over and over again those two things se- seem to be distinct and yet here we have in the person of melchizedek and Eventually, in the person of Christ, kind of the mirroring of two—that He is our priest king, you know—in the order of Melchizedek, and I mean, even the very name of it, you know, it's just the King of Righteousness. You know, here He is, and from Salem, you know, the King of Peace. Right. That He is. He is the priest king, the one that we long for, and, and
0: ultimately, it's pointing us to Jesus, and, who is the King. And of And of course, you have, you know, you have the whole idea of the King of Shalem or, or uh, Salem, mm. uh, King of Peace. But it's also uh, shorthand for the ancient city of Jerusalem, yeah, and then you have David as a type of, you know, as a type of priest. He never offers sacrifices, but uh, whenever you know the uh, tabern, you know, whenever the uh, Ark of the Covenant is brought into the city, he leads the people in procession before you know, the Ark of the Covenant, you know, dancing before the Lord. Mm-hmm. So he is, you know, performing kind of a priestly role where he's leading the people into the worship, you know, of God. And of course, this is ultimately fulfilled, you know, in Christ. He is the one who is uh, not only the priest, but the sacrifice and our king mm-hmm. as a result of that. So all of those images come together. And he he plays on, you know, the, he plays on both names. Melchizedek, the king that brings righteousness or the righteous king or the king of Mm -hmm, righteousness mm -hmm. and the king of Shalem which is also the king Mm -hmm. who brings peace or brings shalom who brings rest you know to God's people so the images are uh, really incredible Isn't uh, it
2: crazy how you can get so much from just these few little verses that he's even mentioned in right that's just the beauty of seeing how the scriptures are foreshadowing and pointing us, and even giving us, you know, types like Melchizedek that point us ultimately to Christ and give us such a rich picture. And so even where, you know, I when the author says in verse four, just think how great he was, even the the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. However great Melchizedek was, Jesus is so much greater and so much more deserving even than Mm -hmm. what we see the really generous nature of of Abraham's response to this king's should kind of inform us of our response to the much greater and, and Jesus. of course it beautifully
0: moves into you know the writer of Hebrews argument Jesus is, is greater mm-hmm. so you know when you think in terms of Old Testament faith we've already said that Jesus is greater than Moses and he, he really skips over Abraham and saying, you know, Jesus is greater than Abraham. He said, Melchizedek was greater than Abraham, and, and Jesus is greater than Melchizedek, mm-hmm. or is the fulfillment of everything, you know, that Melchizedek, you know, embodied. So it, is, it is, is a beautiful picture that our ancestor, the one that we've gotten our identity and our heritage from, you know, bowed before this priest king, mm-hmm. and in the same way, we today bow before a priest king. Uh, who is you know, forever uh, after the after the uh, after the order of Melchizedek? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, there's a lot of speculation about Melchizedek because he doesn't have a genealogy. We're, we're reading <laughs> through forever. you know we're reading through Genesis. And almost everybody that is introduced is introduced by this long genealogy, yeah. and we and we set you know we set the background, and so we have the genealogy you know of Noah, we have the genealogy of Abraham, uh, we have you know the, the genealogy uh, you know of uh, uh, in the end of you know Jacob, you know as you go into these different sections, and here you have Melchizedek, and we don't have his genealogy, and so there's a lot of speculation. Hmm. Where did he come from, and come? whatever happened to him, and, and all of the you know the speculation that was built around Melchizedek was true of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know he 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 was eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he uh, even though he had a human ancestry, he he, he came from God, uh, and uh, he is you know a, a priest. He said by the uh, by the you know by by his indestructible life, by the fact that he will be. A forever priest, not just a momentary priest, but a forever priest.
1: It's pretty fascinating too that Psalm one ten is going to be the most quoted, you know, Old Testament passage in the New Testament. That these themes I mean it almost seems so random, like the author of Hebrews is diving into something that we're just what what is going on here? Right. And yet every New Testament author, you know, picks up on this Psalm one ten and says, This is pointing us to Jesus. You know, he may they may not explore the Melchizedek Aspect to it as much, but it was all built up in that psalm that that Jesus is that priest king. That no,
0: we're, there's we're no, for. you know, there's no doubt that uh, you know the first part of the psalm was even used by Jesus, you yeah. know, uh, to establish his identity. You know, Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. And so that, that is you know very, you know, very you know, very common talking about the exaltation of Christ, but it later moves into uh, the exaltation of Christ as a both a priest and a king.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've already seen the author of Hebrews already use that point. Too. It's almost like he's expositing Psalm 10 as he's going through this letter. No, he, he, I've seen some people he, argue for that.
0: You know, and no, he, he will come back to it again yeah. and again. Uh, Psalm 22, which I think I confused the two earlier in the podcast. So thanks for correcting me there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so truly, the former regulation is set aside. It is weak. It is useless. And then, and I love how. Um, Talking about Christ, such a high priest in verse 26 Truly meets our need One who is holy, blameless, pure Set apart from sinners, exalted in the heavens Um, Love the description there of Christ And how he truly is the priest that can meet our Mm -hmm. needs Who intercedes for us forever
1: I think this is one of those passages where a lot of times we get, we can get caught up in maybe the theology of the passage and and this, or maybe even a better way to say it's just some speculation of like who is Melchizedek I got to figure this guy out, and what the author does really is a beautiful turn you just pointed to is he says here's who, who Melchizedek is but here's how he points this to Jesus and here's what that means for us, you know and if all we leave with is like well Jesus is better than Melchizedek and he's this mysterious figure we miss the the beauty of what comes next that. You know, he is the the priest king who because he lives forever has a permanent priesthood and he's able to save completely those who come to god through him because he always lives to intercede for them this is where the theology leads us you know is it, it's, it's not simply to just think on oh well this is this is cool the, the way the passages interconnect and those sort of things it's it leads us to to worship a god who is far greater than us who has accomplished our salvation who even right now as we're recording this podcast lives to intercede for us
0: and he makes a nice little theological move if we if we're going to move to a different priesthood then we also have a a different law or a different you know rule of faith and then you know in uh, verse 17 for it is declared in, in a psalm you know to david which is pointing to the greater son of david you're a priest forever in the order of melchizedek the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless For the law made nothing perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, The law was great at pointing out our inadequacies and our sins and our inability to live lives pleasing to God, Mm -hmm. but it never gave us the ability to come into God's presence. It never gave us the ability to do the things that God had required of us. And of course, with the new covenant, old heart has been taken out, the stone cold heart. We've been given a heart of flesh. He's put a new spirit in us. He's put his spirit in us to move us to be uh, everything that he has created us to be and redeemed us to be. And that's what he's talking about, the perfection that comes through the righteousness of Christ. Mm-hmm. Fun passage, we're out of time. Uh, David, why don't you close us with
2: a word for What wonderful news that a better hope has been introduced by which we can draw near to God, and that is the hope of Christ. Oh, Father, thank you so much for your word and how all of it points us to Jesus, um, even small verses where we're introduced here to Melchizedek we see that he points us to our true king of righteousness and our true king of peace which is Jesus and so may we marvel at that may we wonder at that and may we celebrate the good news that Jesus as our eternal priest intercedes for us um, and that he has offered such a great hope and such a great salvation Um, so father thank you for your grace in Christ Um, May that renew and restore our hearts today. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.